this moment just is lovable. I don't judge, but if I do judge, I love it. <laughs> Welcome everyone to another Ramdas Here and Now episode. I'm your host, I'm Jackie Dabrinska, and we have another really great episode for you today. This one, Ramdas is joined by Mirabai Bush and Sharon Salzberg, two amazing women and wisdom keepers and friends. And it's a sort of free-form conversation that they're having at the Open Your Heart in Paradise retreat in Maui from 2012. And they're sort of uh, circling around these, circling around these topics of love, how love goes beyond reason, how love is in everything, even when we don't have the eyes to see it, um, how love sort of ripples through the interconnectedness, how love sort of ripples through the interconnectedness of all of life, and also how sorrow and suffering and pain and our aches of life, that they actually can open us more fully to love. And there's even some mystical poetry thrown in by Hafiz and Rumi, which I know I love. And we want to hear from you and what you think of this and what inspirations come up and what curiosities come up. And so next week on November 8th at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we have a Ramdas virtual gathering where we can all get together and talk about this podcast. So you sign up at ramdas.org slash fellowship. And then you'll get the invitation in your inbox. And while you're on that page, I encourage you to check out the local fellowship map and calendar to find out if there's a local group meeting in your neck of the woods. Um, there, We have about 100 around the world, and it's just great to be able to meet in person. So check that out while you're there. And before we jump into the lecture real quick, I'm curious how many of you have read here, um, how many of you have read Be Here Now? And how many of you read it in college? Our team was chatting the other day and Kelly, our director of marketing, and I were talking to you the other day and she was talking about how you always knew who had the cool dorm room because they had a copy of Be Here Now in it. But I'm curious how many of us would have liked to have had more access to it when we were younger, how it might have shaped us if we had had uh, access to those perennial teachings in our teens. So that's what this new book is about. It's called You Are the Universe. And it's making these teachings more accessible to younger folks. So if you're a parent or a grandparent or aunt or uncle or just an older sibling or a trusted friend, and you want the younger folks to know about Ram Dass's story, about some of these universal truths, about how to navigate our unique paths with compassion and awareness, about living a meaningful life, um, I encourage you to check it out. It's really, really beautiful. It's hand-drawn, these incredible illustrations. I'm not sure if you can see this, um, but it's an incredible story as well. So it will be available December 6th, but you can pre-order now, which is always really helpful. So go to ramdas.org slash shop 
and you can see it there and maybe get it for some Christmas presents. Uh, the next free live stream will actually be with the authors, Amy and Julie. Uh, and we're going to be talking not just about the book, but sort of that bigger um, topic of, you know, how do we live our karmic curriculum and navigate the inevitable sufferings of life and live this meaningful life? Um, and whether you're a teen or a parent of a teen or reparenting your inner teen and just wanting to find truth and support in these turbulent times, I encourage you to come to that free live stream on November 7th. Uh, you can find it on ramdas.org slash events or any of our media, social media channels. What else? Um, also, if you want more inspirational content, know that the Brilliant Disguise movie will be available for streaming on November 16th. Raghu recently called it a little darshan from Maharaji. So check it out, ramdas.org slash brilliant disguise. And I think that's all the news from Love, Serve, Remember Foundation. I do hope to see you all on November 8th. Thank you for being here. I hope these teachings bring clarity to our lives and open our hearts and that they ripple out into the world for all beings. Namaste and blessings. And just take 60 seconds to listen to a word from our sponsor. See you next time. I, I love you. <laughs> we love you. We love you. The radiance is so beautiful. You, you prepared. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> this is Mirabai Bush. Williams. <laughs> <laughs> Sharon Salisbury. Well, when we were talking about what to do this morning, we we were talking about love and awareness and loving awareness, and we talked a lot about what all that meant and how they were interrelated. And then this morning, we said, "Let's just be loving." <laughs> <laughs> and, and encourage everybody else to be loving too. So um, this will be. This is going to be free form, dedicated to love this morning. Um, in fact, let's take a moment and just drop in to the space of love that you feel here. You feel for Ramdas and others that you felt coming from him and from others, the space that Sharon introduced us to. Just drop in and breathe in and out of your heart for a moment or two so that all the words that come just come into your heart.
the first thing I thought of when we said, let's just be loved, be loving, was that um, all those years ago, Maharaji gave me the name Mirabai. And Mirabai uh, was a, a queen in 17th century Rajasthan. She, basically she fell in love with God. She no longer wanted to do her queenly state duties. And she began to um, write songs and poems and sing to God. Uh, she was devoted to Krishna. Um, she did this and her family, which was of course her husband's family, um, kept trying to convince her to return to earthly material concerns and uh, she wouldn't do it. So they uh, decided that they needed to get rid of her so they could have a proper queen in her role. And they did various things. The first was they sent her a basket with a poisonous snake in it. And when she opened the basket, the snake had turned to rose petals because she was so pure. <laughs> and they sent her um, a poison drink. And when she drank it, it turned to, it turned to Amrit, the, the elixir of the gods. Um, or here it might be guava pineapple juice. <laughs> um, so Mirabai left the palace and she continued to sing in the streets to God. She, other women joined her. And her poems um, are so beautiful. They're still sung in India and they've been translated by a number of American poets as well. I'll read you one. Okay, this is about after you've had a glimpse of loving awareness. It's called Why Mira Can't Go Back to Her Old House. The uh, Krishna, as Ramdas mentioned yesterday, is blue. So he's known as the dark one, bluish black. The colors of the dark one have penetrated Mira's body. All the other colors washed out making love with the dark one, and eating little. These are my pearls and my carnelians. Meditation beads and the forehead streak, those are my scarves and my rings. That's enough feminine wiles for me. My teacher taught me this. Approve me or disapprove me. Many people disapproved of Mira. Approve me or disapprove me, I praise the mountain energy night and day. I take the path that ecstatic human beings have taken for centuries. I don't steal money. I don't hit anyone. What will you charge me with? And here's the great line. I have felt the swaying of the elephant's shoulders. And now you want me to climb on a jackass? <laughs> Try to be serious. <laughs> and, oh, trans that translation's by Robert Bly. That led me to remember one time when <laughs> we were in India. It was 
after Maharaji had died, and we were going back to India for, um, they uh, were opening a, um, a new temple. Um, I guess, I think it was in Brindavan, yeah, um, with a Murti, a statue of Maharaji in it. And um, so we were on our way there. There were a group of us, and uh, we stopped at a tea shop restaurant. And um, the others went in, and we were, Ramdas and I were still standing outside. And um, we looked up and we saw an elephant. There was somebody who has, um, you know, just uh, guiding an elephant around. And um, he, Ramdas said, could we ride on that elephant? And he said, sure. And so we got up on the elephant and Ramdas said, let's pretend that we're Ram and Sita. So, <laughs> so we, we rode around on this elephant for a while pretending. And then we, we got down and we went into the tea shop. And on the way in, Ramdas said, don't tell anybody. <laughs> so, <laughs> so <laughs> it was so great. I mean, you know, how often do you just, out of nowhere, climb up on an elephant, pretend you're Raman Sita, and then we went inside and people were ordering chai and samosas and, you know, <laughs> it was totally great. So, <laughs> but it's kind of like, you know, dropping in to a space that is so, you know, precious and wonderful. And then dropping back into ordinary life again. So we, we were uh, talking about love and how um, love leads us into full awareness. It, you can't really talk about love and, I mean, love and awareness inseparable, but you can talk about them. You can't talk about pure awareness. It's ineffable. But so when you start talking, you can talk about them separately. And we were talking about love and how love, um, how love creates a kind of safety that, you know, when you feel love, you feel, you feel safe in the sense that You've had a glimpse of the interconnection of everything. You've had a glimpse of the way of the sort of fullness and wholeness of who you are and how even if it's love from one single being, you, there's a way in which feeling so connected to one being, you can glimpse the way in which you're connected to everything. And that, that sense of safety... Um, allows you to let go of some of the things that we need to let go of. Um, I was thinking that, and then this morning when Taryn was, I realized I'd said it a million times, but, you know, may you be happy, may you be safe, because safety, it's not just about external safety, it's about the safety that allows us to let go, like, you know, let go of, of all these um, ways in which, that we think of ourselves so that we can get a glimpse and then dwell in who we really are. There was, I have something here. Oh yeah, this, 
This is um, uh, from Hafiz. How, it's called It Felt Love. How did the rose ever open its heart? How did the rose ever open its heart and give to this world all its beauty? It felt the encouragement of light against its being. It felt the encouragement of light against its being. Otherwise, we all remain too frightened. It's like when we feel that love from another person, that That's fear beautiful. falls away, at least for a moment. So, in those moments, here's from Rumi. This is love. This is love. To fly toward a secret sky, to cause a hundred veils to fall each moment. All those veils we have wrapped around us. To cause a hundred veils to fall each moment. First, to let go of life. Finally, to take a step without feet. So, it was so great that um, Sharon took us through all the kinds of, of, or some of the kinds of love this morning. The Mirabai in Hinduism, in Hinduism, you can love God as your lover. Having grown up as a Catholic girl, all the way through Georgetown Graduate School, I had never considered that possibility. <laughs> And yet, <laughs> I thought Maharaj really, if you want proof that he really knew me, <laughs> um, I think really the deepest love I had felt at that time was love for a lover. So he gave me that name. In, in Hinduism, it's called erotic bhakti, the path of love and awakening th through loving God as your lover. Um, but through the metta practice, Sharon reminded us that it starts with love for yourself, that in as much as you can love yourself, you can love others. You, it's not like you have to fully and completely love yourself before you can love anybody, obviously. But um, in as much as you can cultivate this love and appreciation for yourself, kindness for yourself, it frees you to feel that same for, for others. And then there's, um, you know, the, the, the great love for your teachers and those who've helped you in life. The love for another single person, which, as we know, has, comes with, um, often, with difficulties can come with pain, but it is a way of, of beginning to experience the depth of love that, that eventually opens up into full and complete loving awareness. Um, so, um,
Also, I think it's important to remember that sorrow and suffering open us up to love. They make us vulnerable. And it's there's that kind of opening so that when we are in that state um, and we experience love, we're, we're just very receptive to it. I think it's one of the important roles that suffering plays in our life. Um, and then, so the path of love, I, I remember this one moment of being with Maharaji. I was um, going through some kind of extreme suffering that I can't even remember what it was now. But at the time, I was trying to remember so I could make it a better story, but I have no memory of what it was. But um, I, I went to Maharaji and I was alone with him, and, or there's probably a translator there, but I was there. And, you know, I was crying and, and he said, he reached out and he patted me on the head and he said, um, go be with satsang, stay with satsang. So in one way, he was sending me away, was just to the back of the uh, temple. But in another way, he was giving me a, 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 a guidance that, of course, I never forgot. But I went back there, and I was still feeling really awful, and mostly I was feeling Maharaji sent me away. And um, I laid down on a mat, and everybody else was sitting around or, or kind of lying around. And... Uh, someone who was there, Raghu's brother, actually, his name is Lakshman, but then his name was Angel. We, we all did have former names, you know. And so um, he had a shawl, like a really, one of those really thin wool shawls, you know, from India, really fine and thin. And he lay it down on top of me, and I remember that it kind of rippled as it came down on me. And in that moment, you know, I just felt so much love. Um, you know, he was being loving, but it was really, I don't know, I just got it in that moment. That love comes through in so many different ways. And I felt, when, and it just kind of, when it came down on top of me, I felt totally wrapped in this love. It comes in, you know, you never know how it's going to come. And I think that, you know, like Ramdas was saying, we can't make loving awareness happen, but you can um, do these practices like the loving kindness practice and others that make you, that kind of prepare the way so that when somebody puts this really lovely blanket on top of you, you know, you're ready. There was one. Oh, I'm going to pass this on, but I'll read you one more. This is from Hafiz also. It's called, Just Sit There Right Now. It's, it's as if he was sitting here writing this poem as I was speaking. Just sit, just sit there right now. Just sit there right now. Don't do a thing. Just rest. For your separation from love is the hardest work in this world. Let me bring you trays of food and something that you like to drink, like chai or water. 
Let me bring you trays of food and something that you like to drink. You can use my soft words as a cushion for your head. Hmm. I was giving a, a lecture um, in a restaurant and I was telling the people I was just loving people, everything. I loved you. I love this tent. I love, I love, I love the rug. Well, this rug had spots all over it. And my friend who was in the audience and was from New York City. <laughs> and, and he came up and he said, you know, you told me you loved me, but I, and I, I felt that, but the, this rug, <laughs> And he couldn't comprehend loving him and this rug. He sent me from New York a rug, <laughs> a little, little tiny rug with spots on it. <laughs> and he said, "These, this could be in the place of a picture of Maharaji. <laughs> and he signed it, your rug. <laughs> but I think we hung it, a spotted rug. And it reminds me of Judging is up here. Love is here. And it's not, I don't love you, but, but, but not you, no. I love, I love the universe. I love the universe. I love this moment. In this moment, in this moment, wow, this moment just is lovable. I don't judge. But if I do judge, I love it. <laughs> this moment, everything in this moment, everything, your bad thoughts, 
you're all the negative things, all your aches and pains, which I'm familiar with. Just love it. Love it. And that means, it means, loving means approaching it. It means merging with it. Merging with this moment. Just this moment. Loving is going towards something. If you want the plane of consciousness that is one, you might as well go and go towards everything. I was meditating on loving everything. And I looked at the wall. I love the wall. Well, I said, it's God's manifestation. I love it for that reason. People created it. It's made of cells. Each one is, has God in it. But I couldn't rationalize. I just loved it. I love it. Just this, just this. You helped me enter another space. Yeah. <laughs> um, actually, I was thinking back to the uh, reflection that we did this morning, what I asked us all to do. Um, think of the people, the many beings that are involved in your sitting here right now. And, and that deep acknowledgement and knowing is what I call love, is knowing how, how connected we are. And, of course, Ramdas came to my mind also <coughs> as, as central to that wave of causes and conditions, and not just because he's here now. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it was a chance to see him. <coughs> But uh, long ago, certainly. Um, 
and I was I was so touched in sort of watching the the waves come through my mind of oh you know I went to India in part because I knew he had gone to India and um, critical to my teaching actually is the fact that uh, both Ramdas and Mirabai and, and Krishnadas and Rameshwaras and many people were at my very first meditation retreat. And I remember the uh the box of Be Here Now arriving. And um also at that first retreat was Joseph Goldstein and uh who became my my colleague and uh we founded the Insight Meditation Society together. But you know, we're there we were in India and then a few years later Joseph came back about six months before I did, came back to the States and he was just kind of wandering around. And as he tells the story, he stopped in Boulder because he'd heard that Naropa Institute was about to open the following summer and it was the first Buddhist institute. So he walked in and he said, well, you know, I spent seven years in India. Would you uh, consider hiring me uh, to teach? And uh, the school of Buddhism that we were both coming from was Southern Buddhism found in uh, Burma, Thailand, countries like that, known as the Theravadan. So, so the people in the office in Bulger said to him, well, we've already got this Theravadan coming called Jack Cornfield. We don't really need another one. So they didn't give him a job. And uh, he went on to Berkeley and through, he, he, uh, and as he, it's a very funny story as he tells it. He, he called Ramdas to leave a message and uh, the answering machine, as it was in those days, said something like, uh, I'm not taking any messages. So <laughs> that was it. And then Joseph went to Telegraph Avenue and, and went into several um, cafes and ended up walking into one and there was Ramdas and Ramdas offered him a teaching job at Naropa. Uh, Ramdas had like a mega class of about a thousand or maybe more people. And uh, you'll have to remind me of it because it's out now in a book, right? Um, on the Gita. Uh, and uh, he also had these little subdivisions, like these smaller classes, like the chanting with Krishnadas. And he invited uh, Joseph to do the meditation subclass and so Joseph turned around went back to Boulder and then I arrived from India and as our joke was although it was really true of uh, this particular community of friends Joseph was really the only one we knew with a job in an apartment so we all went to Boulder <laughs> and about at one point there were nine of us living in his one bedroom apartment and, and I began teaching with Joseph so if it weren't for Ramdas um who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? You know, and just the intricacies of our connection and, and even like the gift giving, you know, the things that we do and the offers that we make and the things we arrange and just how it ripples out. And um, So anyway, I just want to thank you <laughs> for that amongst many things. Uh, and then being a Buddhist, I wanted to pick up a little bit on Mirabai's uh, talking about suffering. <laughs> because what can you do? <laughs> I mean, like, um, because the uh, point you brought up, Mirabai, about suffering leading to openness, um, 
has fascinated me forever because, of course, we know it doesn't always. You know, that there's a potentiality in our uh, difficulty, in our pain, in our suffering, whether it's small or large, for an enormous uh, love to enter and for caring for one another and being able to receive help that people are offering to us, even noticing that there's help being offered to us. And that doesn't always happen. You know, that we we might, so to speak, emerge from a, a difficult place uh, in a worse place. You know, of um, being re- feeling really stuck and cut off and isolated and bitter and all that. But how amazing that the other can happen too. And so that place right there, you know, has been of really uh, enormous fascination for me. Right there, what happens? So that sometimes um, this extraordinary possibility can, can really manifest. This podcast is brought to you by the Love Serve Remember Foundation and Ramdas.org. We appreciate you listening and we appreciate all the support that you've given us. Please continue that support and donate at Ramdas.org. We can then continue to share what Ramdas has been sharing for all of these years. Thank you.